0: Good to get Desiree Birch here in the Freak Nation. Comedian, actress, producer, uh, dominatrix, and, of course, the... <laughs> I just love saying that, Desiree. <laughs> We're
1: <went> selling right in. Dominatrix, <laughs> like you do. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: just love saying that, man. And the dulcet tones, of course, the uh, uh, narrator of... It's its a guilty pleasure, Freak Nation, on Netflix. It's too hot to handle. And, Desiree, the minute you you turn on Too Hot to Handle you kind of look around the room and going, is anybody watching me watch this show? <laughs> how in the hell did you get hooked up with that?
1: Oh my good! I mean, it was just a sort of happenstance. You know, one thing builds into another. I had done uh, flinch on Netflix a couple years ago. And so that's how I, you know, uh, the producers there came to know me as somebody. And I think, you know, having an American voice with uh, a lot of British comedy and sort of take on the reality dating show, was a mashup that they had been looking for. So, yeah, I mean, it was so fun because I basically got to go into a sound studio and watch these episodes and sort of comment and then, like, you know, have other producers and other people feeding in to what we were focusing on. And so I got to watch all of this stuff by myself, you know, months before anybody else saw it. And I just thought these people were so fun and adorable. And I, I don't like shows like this necessarily, but I really liked this one, I think, just because, It was, like you said, about the experience of watching this and all of us being like, oh, look at all these hot people. Oh, wait, they don't actually know what to do when they can't be hot. This is kind of fun.
0: (laughs) Freak Nation, if you haven't had a chance to see it, it's a breakout hit on Netflix, Too Hot to Handle. And again, your narrator, stand-up comedian, writer, actress, Desiree Birch joining us here in the Freak Nation. So they they cut the show, and then they bring the show in for you to cut the VO. Is that right?
1: Yeah, basically, by the time that I – i'm there talking about it that show's been shot those people have gone to you know uh whatever place they've gone to live their lives have their romantic affairs or not and then yeah they're kind of like but they're sort of cutting it as they're showing it to me and deciding what's going to be in and out and you know all of these processes kind of happened uh together have there been scenes on this where you just could not get through your vo because they were so outrageous Well, I mean, there were times when they showed it to me before I had to do the VO and there were times when I was watching it as I was going. So, um, there were definitely moments that took me by surprise or just, you know, or where, um, like my thinking sort of matched up with exactly what the way they shot it and how they had it planned. So it was kind of, um, amazing. Like, I mean, there were just things like, you know, uh, tells he's like, you know, a sort of like big built black dude who, uh, was very much about, about the money from the beginning of the show, (laughs) because it is a money pot that they're all playing for aside from being hot and, you know, doing all of these shenanigans or not. Right. And so like, he would just have a comment that I'd be like, oh my God, yes, exactly. Like, it's nice when people who are involved in the show can narrate on it themselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, there were some, there were some surprises, like some people who like got back together that I was not expecting to see that, I guess to not spoil it for those who haven't seen it yet, where I was just kind of like, what are you guys even doing? <laughs> but you know, you got to be 20, nothing at some point in your life, you know?
0: But is is that, an, is that giving it away? If I, if I say something to the effect of you can't, you can't get, no, bo- you can't get booty?
1: I think that that happens way up top in the show. Right? Yeah. You can't you yeah, can't get booty,
0: it. and that's the process. Is, uh, if you start getting booty, you're getting money taken away. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly, which I think is a good way to raise your kids. Just be like, you can do what you want, but you've got a pot of money you're starting with. It's called inheritance, and I'm just cutting it out every <laughs> time you do subjective <laughs> stuff in your life. But like, basically, it is one of these dating – sexy, hot, hot people on island shows, except for the one thing that always happens on them is that they, you know, get together and hook up. And this the one thing they can't do. I mean, they can't touch, they can't kiss, they can't do anything but, like, relate as human beings. <laughs> 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 Which no one would thought would make riveting television. And yet, here we all are. Desiree Birch, comedian, actress, producer. Why are all those damn people so beautiful? I mean, I, you know, like some people just kind of get sprung they get they get mm-hmm. spring in their lives really quick like a lot of i talked to a couple of them who had said repeatedly like they were awkward weird kids it's always the ugly babies that grow up to be models yeah. you know what i mean like cute babies kind of stay cute and you just sort of plateau at cute but it's the ones who look like weird bugs and insects who always grow up to be ridiculous re- re- hot and so i think by the time they're like oh, wait a second, I'm hot? It's like a smash and grab. Just like, what can I get? What can I get for this? What can I get for that? And, you know, I mean, it's kind of, you know, I think we look down on that, but that's a time-limited offer. So, like, if you're hot, use it now because hot doesn't last forever. Desiree, did I see you do
0: a TED Talk several years ago?
1: I did. I did. Back in the day, this was in um, the Bay Area, which is, like, kind of interesting. Obviously, there's this confluence of creative people And uh, sort of business tech people and business people are always like, how do we be more creative and like people? And then they get like clowns like me to come in and tell them (laughs) (laughs) that it sounds like expertise. But yeah, I did give a talk and it was, you know, to a large group of women. And it was really about, I guess, generally the creative and generative power behind uh, women's anger, which I think we learn a lot of times to like stuff down, but is actually quite transformative. I mean, fire can destroy things, but it can also create things. And so, yeah, it kind of focused on um, taking that to make change in the world, which, you know, behind all of the gags and jokes and all the other stuff that I love doing, I kind of believe that there is the power to hopefully make small differences in human beings that make larger ones in the future. I mean, one can only hope.
0: True. Desiree Birch, actress, comedian, joining us here in the Freak Nation. And you set aside your Wiki page, you, you look at your resume, uh, Comedy Central and and BBC, you could go on and on. Uh, you don't seem to be a woman that is that old to have this this number of things going on or that have gone on in your life. Yale University was, uh, was a home for you for a little bit. You grew grew up in Southern California, and it's on and on and on. Was this something that was instilled from from your parents, or you just grew a set of cojones early on (laughs) and said, I got this thing?
1: Golden platinum ones I keep buried deep inside for safekeeping. Um, I think, you know, a a lot of us who are are, uh, quite prodigious or creative people are the kind of people who have that, like, inner need to fill do you know what I mean <laughs> so like whether that's sort of like an instilled value or that's kind of like oh but I need to do the next thing and the next thing like that ambition thing is hungry and it's good to try to feed it things that actually help the world and not just your own ego um although that's always nice and appreciated but yeah, yeah I mean I think that that was that just sort of came out of the need to individuate myself you know I mean you got kids I was a middle kid so, I just wanted anyone to look at me for longer than three seconds and then remember what I had to say or do while I was there. So, you know, I think a lot of times these things start out as like just human uh, emotional needs that we then parlay into, uh, well, I could actually make something useful out of this.
0: Desiree Birch joining us here in the Freak Nation. Follow on Twitter at, how do you say this? At Des The Ray?
1: Yeah, Des the Ray. <laughs> Bam. <Are> you <laughs> what my friend's mom used to call me when I'd come over to her house when I was a
0: kid. Are so you more Des active Ray. on Twitter or Instagram?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, these days I'm more active on Netflix just watching it. <laughs> um, I would say that I'm probably on in- – uh, sorry, I'm on Twitter a little bit more than Instagram. But, you know, hopefully I'll post some of those pictures and start to get more involved there. Okay, so there's a question there. What is better for a comedian? Instagram, or Twitter? I mean, honestly, any of them are good if you use them regularly, which tends to be my biggest problem. Mm -hmm. But I think... You know, Instagram is good if you've got Videos and if you're great at making Those attractive and eye-catching And stuff like that, I think Twitter Is great for comedians who have jokes Do you know what I mean? Who are just like, I'm just Putting this little bit of, you know, fortune Cookie information out here um, And who can do that With consistency, but I think if you Can maybe produce things a little bit More, Instagram's better, and it's also nicer You know, people tend to be like, yay Pictures, and not like, go kill yourself (laughs) (laughs) I don't
0: know partially why I think what Twitter's for. I'm not sure. Freak Nation at Desiree Birch, comedian, TV star from, of course, Netflix is too hot to handle. How in the hell does a a, a young woman from Southern California, uh, Diamond Bar area, San Bernardino, Inland Empire area end up in London? A a, a black woman end up in London that was raised in the Inland Empire.
1: I don't know. Just keep running away from home, guys. I highly <laughs> recommend it. At some point you are work your way back around the globe unless you think the earth is flat, in which case you'll fall off. And that's fun. Um, <laughs> uh, but I basically, yeah, I just kept moving. Like I, uh, you know, obviously I went to Yale, which is on the East coast. I lived in New York uh, for quite some time and kind of came up as an artist and comedian performer there and then moved to London in 2014 because, you know, Like you do. I met a dude and I was like, I'm going to go run away somewhere else. And it was just perfect timing. I'd met him and I'd been wanting to leave New York. And I thought I might go back to LA, but suddenly this opportunity to go to London had come up. And, you know, obviously the fringe, the Edinburgh fringe is like a big sort of driver of, of performance here in the UK. And I'd done that a couple of times before moving. So I thought, you know, there's an audience there and I can go try it. And it definitely worked really well for me.
0: What, soccer team. Have you bandwagon in, uh, <laughs> <you know.
1: laughs> so funny. Um, I like this. Uh, I, I know I'm supposed to have one. Um, I really don't, I like football, um, fans scare the crap out of me cause they're way more drunk. Like, you know, British football fans, yes. uh, scare the crap out of me because American football fans, you know, they're passionate, but they're not as like, just, obliterated wasted and angry on a regular basis (laughs) (laughs) british football fans so like i guess i could jump on a you know oh i'm man united or liverpool or whatever um actually it's funny because all the people that i've dated here have been into f1 so i know more about you know like drivers and racers than i do about footballers (laughs)
0: Desiree Burt's comedian, actress, too hot to handle. Big Netflix hit that maybe you better, if you're going to watch it, you better watch it alone. It's pretty wild. You talked about being a Formula One fan. One of the best drivers in Formula One history is Lewis Hamilton, who's made world headlines by challenging other drivers in F1 to join him in ending racism and supporting Black Lives Matter. Do you see that conversation happening in London surrounding? Lewis Hamilton and his views on black lives matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, I think with a lot of the recent events and protests surrounding black lives matter were global, you know, everywhere, uh, including in London. And so, you know, he has been really vocal. And obviously I think the media have been really, you know, sort of every week that there's a race talking to him about why this is important and why this is still happening and and what he's experienced. And, um, it's, there, there has been more of a conversation. It's interesting because it's a lot of people going like, so do you experience racism? And you're like, what? Um, <laughs> but I think part of it has to do with obviously as Americans, it is so much a part of our country's identity because we built our class system on race and we fuse those things together very tightly. And here class system has been, you know, the the sort of reigning thing in that, you know, there are a lot of, of, you know, poor, a lot of poor white people here, not in the same way that we talk about it in America. But I think that that leads a lot of people to kind of go like, well, we thought everything was fun because we don't we're not mean and we don't necessarily say bad things. And so I think there's been a lot more nuance in the conversation of what systemic racism is, what institutional racism is, what these things look like, how, you know, you don't have to say certain words in order to be upholding a system of oppression uh, or benefiting from it or participating in it. Um, And yeah, I mean, there has been backlash. I think uh, there are a lot of fans who are c- trying to sort of politicize it and be like, oh, they didn't take the knee. And I think that's awesome because we shouldn't be focusing on this and blah, blah, blah. But like the fact of the matter is, you know, F1 has been predominantly a white sport and the like sort of F1, as you go down, there are a lot more people of color in it, but really it is about exclusivity, money, access to all the things that allow you to be in those spaces. And so it's important for him to like be there and say, Hey, we're paying attention to this and we're going to remember that it still exists. And, and, you know, not everybody is going to participate that in that in the same way. I mean, some people don't kneel maybe because they disagree with it. Some people don't kneel because maybe they don't feel like it's their place to have us or don't really, you know, like there are a lot of people who are from Finland or Russia or whoever, you know, other (laughs) places where this may not be, the biggest topic of concern. And so I wonder if it's always somebody who's like violently against the idea as opposed to just sort of like, I don't really know what this means or what it means for me to participate in it.
0: But you didn't think this conversation would hit so many crooks no, and nooks and I crooks and crannies, I did you? We talked
1: about Black Lives Matter and racism in F1 today. Uh, that was really dope. Um, <laughs> 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 it's It's great to be. I don't know. It's nice to be an American outside of America. It's helped me to see who who we are and where I come from a lot better and the rest of the world that I think sometimes we don't get a chance to see when we're at home, because obviously we got a big country and there's a lot going on in it, but it's cool to see how other folks in the world are affected by that and do things in the same ways and differently. Desiree, (laughs) thank you, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Take care.